Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. Hello, I'm Di Redmond and I'm your host for today's Songs in the Wilderness. In this programme, we listen to the songs that have influenced our guests throughout their life and have influenced their faith too. Today, I have the privilege of talking to Richard Hughes, worship leader, musician and composer from Woking, Reading. Nice to have you on the programme, Richard. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Di. Thank you for inviting me to into your show. It's a pleasure, a real pleasure. It's uh, the first of uh, the, the sort of September September events, really. Um, tell me, Richard, you were born into an Anglican Presbyterian family. What are your early memories about that that environment? And was it was it all in the Reading area? Now I grew up in Wales. Uh, my mum was part of a Presbyterian Church of Wales tradition. My uh, grandfather was uh, an elder and treasurer in the in the church local community church. My dad was Anglican. Um, don't think there was, uh, my early rec- recollections aren't of going to church very frequently. So I think it was a difference in the style of, uh, of worship between my mum and dad that actually uh, prevented them finding a single church to go to together. So I don't remember going to church very frequently as a, as a child. We moved to England quite quickly, shortly after I was born. And there's not too many Presbyterian churches in, in England. So I think it was, um, yeah, so, so not many church-going recollections. So a bit of a void there. But you I, remember, s- I remember singing in the church choir in Windsor Parish Church. I grew up, oh. so I moved around a lot of, of the south of England at the time with my dad's work. Um, and uh, so no, no great, um, no Christian tradition in my upbringing. So it was only really after I married that, my faith sort of um, sort of was formed. So I, I married uh, my wife, Julie, who's um, presenting a show on Radio Maria on Thursday. Oh, three. really? <laughs> Keep it in the family. <laughs> yeah. And um, so the first Sunday after we got married, um, 11 o'clock, she said, uh, right, I'm off to Mass now. Uh, and I said, um, oh, OK, um, I might as well come with you. <laughs> I'd never been into a Catholic church before. I mean, I knew she was a Catholic, but... I'd never been inside the church apart from our wedding, of course, and um, and it sort of set a pattern really. Every Sunday morning, I thought I didn't I didn't get married to sit on my own on a Sunday morning. It's it's, it's a shared mm-hmm. it's a shared experience, so I thought we might as well go along. And uh, I was there every Sunday ever since, and we've been married uh, many decades, uh, many wonderful decades. Go ahead, bye. How did that? How did that habit change into? 
a real act of faith? Um, was that just absorbing the mass and, and the litany of the mass and learning more? Because I think it, it was. It's a, it's a complicated process. Or did you just fall in love with the whole thing? Um, so, yeah, I didn't understand the whole of the mass. No, I'm sure. And, and um, I hadn't had any formation at that time. And of course, I wasn't able to receive communion. I, I had to observe that. And so it was, I, I definitely was drawn to it by the Holy Spirit and, and encouraged to go and participate. And it was almost like preparation. I was sort of in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it took some other decisive acts of God to bring me into, into full communion with the Catholic Church. And did you receive tuition or did you learn mostly through Julie? You, um, through, through Julie, uh, she was a good teacher, um, but I didn't have any um, yeah, formal uh, formation from the church, no. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a rather wonderful introduction, actually. Can you, um, in, talking of introductions, can you introduce your first piece of music and explain why it is so special to you that it kicks off your programme? Yeah, so this is um, Heart of Worship by Matt Redman, and... Um, as a, a part-time worship leader, and I, I hate that title, it's, it sounds very grand, mm. you know, I, I lead, I lead a, a community of uh, musicians and singers who are passionate about God, and we, we form a collective for a particular event or occasion or a service, and, you know, we do that for the glory of God, so I just happen to be the one that brings everybody together, um, organise and arrange the music, support everybody, um, and, and and try to facilitate them giving or us giving our, our, our God-given gifts to God during that event. So, um, but the tendency and, and the worry with with your leading worship is to make it uh, about something other than God, and to do it to do worship music for other purposes. And um, we were a mission worship in Eastbourne many years ago, and uh, there was a talk by the, the one of the leaders there gave this anecdotal talk about Matt Redmond. So he was having difficulty with his worship. By that time, he was already a, a prolific songwriter, an accomplished worship leader and recording artist. But he was having problems with the worship uh, in his uh, local church. He was said that he didn't feel that the Holy Spirit was moving powerfully through his worship in a way that it had before. Hmm. He was concerned about this. So first of all, he tried uh, changing the musicians. So he brought new music, musicians in, did some coaching, changed the style of music, and it was still unfulfilling. It, it didn't leave him afterwards if he'd really served God through the worship. Then he tried um, changing the sound. So he bought a new PA system, different mixing, um, and again, that didn't make any difference. It still was unfulfilling. And this song's all about how he found fulfillment, really, about the fact that he'd lost his focus on the Lord. He made the music into something that was more about himself, perhaps, or about the glory of music rather than the worship. I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper
That was Heart of Worship, sung by Matt Redman. Clearly, Richard, music's been important to you all your life, and I quote you now, your musical journey took you from a passion for progressive rock in the 70s to a blues and rock phase, and then finally, through God's, through God's grace, to worship music. Can you, can you kind of begin to explain that journey? I mean, it's, it's all linked to music and your passion for music, which has sort of directed you. Yes, that passion was um, was all consuming, really, um, more than a hobby. Definitely, it was never a vocation. I could never make a career out of it, unfortunately. But um, it was always there and always dominating my life, and in a, in a positive way. But as soon as I discovered worship music, my musical tastes changed overnight. How did that happen? Um, I, I think it was a it was an act of God. I mean, I think it might have been one of the one of the conferences I went to, and suddenly I discovered a new style of worship music, different to what we've heard in church, that was contemporary and um, it had a particular attraction for me. And suddenly, almost instantaneously, my playlists changed. Mm -hmm. So overnight, I started listening exclusively to worship music. Really? And and it, so everything I hum, everything I strum is now worship music, whereas before it was a wide variety of you know, country and folk and rock and progressive. I still, occasionally I dig back into the back catalogue, listen to some of the old songs. And whilst I can see why I like them at the time, they don't hold anything for me anymore. It, it's a complete act of God, amazing grace, um, that I now completely changed my musical uh, taste. So your, your, your journey moved you on into a whole spiritual new, new level? Yes, and I think it was exposure to to some of the conferences, such as uh, Celebrate and New Dawn, mm. um, and I. Yeah, it, it's a sense of community there, and music being a, a, a quite a, an integral part, not dominant but integral. The masses were very reverent, but done in a uh, you know slightly more contemporary style. Yes, they do. And um, and I think it's the awakening of the Holy Spirit that that, that worship can provide. Was, was transformative for me. It just suddenly my faith came alive at those conferences. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to understand my, my Catholic faith more, so I started reading more Catholic texts. I read a wide variety of Christian authors, explored Christian music. So it just suddenly an explosion of, uh, of an inquiring mind suddenly to, to find more about the faith. Whereas before it had been um, on, on pilot light, to quote <laughs> several people have mentioned it, it was pilot light Christianity. And then suddenly it was on full burn. Extraordinary. But what, what were you doing? What was your day job? Because all this sounds very preoccupying and demanding and exhilarating. But, you know, we've all got to make, make a crust. Yeah, and uh, I had a succession of um, very boring IT jobs, uh, Di. Um, and I was, I was given by God some, some good gifts of administration and organisation and an inquiring troubleshooting mind. And that sustained me through a variety of jobs. And, and I'm, I'm very grateful to the Lord for the opportunity to support my family that way. Uh, but I've always made time, always managed to make time. So as an example, um, Judy started going to New Dawn about 10 or 12 years ago. And, and the first time she went, um, she got horribly lost in the driving rain and ended up in Lowestoft. She was on her own. And I think that was, and I think that was a plea for help. Mm. So the next year, she, I said, well, I must come with you to help navigate. And she said, well, why don't you just come part time? I had a flexible job at the time. She said, why don't you work in the mornings from the cottage or from the retreat mm -hmm. center and then 
come in the afternoons to see how you like it. Good <laughs> for Julie. Back, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful yeah. strategy. Yeah, really, really clever. <laughs> yeah, and of course I loved it. And you know, and then the next year, you know, we're there full time, and uh, it just opened the doorway. The community, the sensor community in in New Door, as you know, it's just wonderful. Um, but so, yeah, yeah, but but then those places are electrifying. I mean, I've just come back from New Dawn, and and last summer I found last summer's New Dawn so profound. Um, less so this summer because I've I found it a bit a bit disparate. But nevertheless, I mean, you don't you you don't necessarily go for the intellectual level of what I'm saying is it's not just the speakers that excite you. It's it's the presence of God and being right there in the heart of Walsingham and in all those holy places which just resonate holiness and 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 pull you in and your 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 soul's at peace really it's the most and also you have the stimulation of being with other like-minded people um I think that those events really really move your faith on you didn't go this year I gather no, and, and uh, regretfully, no, but uh, you know, the challenge is to bring the essence of those events back to our parishes. That's the, that's very hard. That's very hard. But before we get into that really naughty, naughty subject, <laughs> can you introduce your second piece of music and why this one is very important to you? So the, the song is There Is A Day, sung by uh, Fatfish. Uh, when I first heard this song, um, I was drawn in by the verse, but... When it came to the chorus, I fell on my knees in prayer. Oh, heavens. It, it had that much effect on me. Uh, and the words are uh, in, incredibly powerful, beautifully crafted song, and, of course, wonderful harmonies on the chorus. But it has just shows the ability of, of, of well-spiritually-intended um, worship music to move, move the heart, to move us to prayer, and, and to move us to reflection. So... There is a day by Fatfish. Um, our music choices this morning have been chosen by my guest Richard Hughes, worship leader and musical composer from Reading. So, Richard, we were just talking about the 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 um, the you know the what you take away from big events like New Dawn um, and other celebratory events too. But it's keeping it going. It, I mean, it, it's easy. To, to have all that inspirational spirituality when you're surrounded by like-minded people, but when you're back, it all begins to ebb. And but you obviously do sustain it because you're you're working all the time on it. Now, how do you do it? Share it with me. Oh, um, if I had that uh, that wonderful formula, I would have shared it. I it's uh, but there's many different strands to it, that, and the liturgy and the, the formation aspects. So we learn so much at, the, at different events by lifting to, listening to gifted speakers on various topics of our faith. 
uh, which we, you know, we're, we're not able to hear at Mass because that's not the focus of Mass. So, so exploring our faith further, uh, I mean, we've run a, a lot of the cafe courses, for example, and I know many, many parishes do. Can I, a, can I interrupt? A, because you've just said something I've never heard of and I'd love to hear more. You talk about cafe courses. Uh, Catholic faith exploration. Aha, uh -huh. okay. So they were pioneered, I believe, at the Celebrate conferences and mm -hmm. um, by um, people like uh, Jenny Baker and David Payne, some of the speakers we've heard of. And they, there's a whole series of different courses, training courses for Catholics on various different aspects of faith, mm -hmm. um, which are available to parishes. And so we've run several of those courses and, and you can only invite people in there. You, you, you know, you, you can push as hard as you want, but actually you have to let the Holy Spirit work. But at least if you offer those formation courses, it, it widens the perspective of our faith, allows people to understand the liturgy maybe to a different level than they have, uh, and draws people in. And there's musical elements to that, although worship isn't really the focus. It's more about, you know, for example, there's um, uh, courses on the lives of the saints, for example, uh, the meaning of the, uh, the Our Father, uh, the meaning of prayer, for example. All those different aspects of faith that is so fruitful to explore further. But do you actually head up these courses or do you delegate and how many are in your team are you so, just a one-man band no 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 we have a prayer group um and judy and i've been running a prayer group in the parish and that was another fruit of of the new dawn type events that we started prayer groups in the parish uh, and we started them with that exact intention to try to reproduce a little bit of that essence of of a new dawn in the parish and so we started with worship uh we do a lot of um uh, prayer we do prayers for protection for healing uh, we often pray over people and uh, we have prayer intentions. And so those prayer groups started as a result in New Dawn and, and as a musical element to that, we started the formational courses, including Life in the Spirit, of course. Uh, you know, incredibly powerful because it's the release of the Holy Spirit that lets the, um, the essence of New Dawn thrive in a community and in a parish. Exactly. So do you work within the parish within, with under the umbrella of your Catholic priest? Yes, yes, we do. So... Um, we went to the parish priest as a prayer group and said, <clears throat> we want to run these courses. We think it'd be very, very useful for the parish. And he gave us our blessing. So, you know, he joins when he can. Uh, and the courses have been, uh, you know, reasonably well attended. And that the number of people formed is is, is, is quite considerable now. And they've gone on to run their own courses. Oh, that's so we've, good. That's we've, really we've stepped good. back and mm -hmm. we've handed that over. Mm -hmm. And we work with other parishes running their, if they're short of people to run their courses, We'll go and help them and vice versa. And how did your wife uh, link up with Radio Maria? This is really interesting because the network's the network's pretty big, isn't it? It's spreading. Uh, uh, it is. Um, she has a particular um, wonderful story about uh, <coughs> that. Again, another um, God coincidence. So that and, that, and, that, and that they put her in touch with Radio Maria. She was definitely prompted by the Spirit, uh, responding to one of your leaflets, actually. Oh, really? She was a new dawn a couple of years ago and picked up a leaflet, put it to one side, and it, it dropped into her lap at one moment. <clears throat> and that prompted her to contact you. And uh, I'll let her explain more about herself on, on Thursday. Oh, that uh, I should be listening to that. Um, <laughs> so how, how about you and your music? Do you have time to bury yourself in your music or are you always out there, um, you know, networking, encouraging, supporting. Do you have time to yourself? Oh, oh yes, we have, we have a very busy family life. So uh, 
I've got three children, three grandchildren, and they keep us very, very busy, uh, and wonderfully so. Um, and, you know, we, we try to weave family and our church, family commitments and church life, um, as we, you know, we hope we're expected to do. And so uh, music is, is there in the background. You know, we help where we can in prayer groups and different events. Uh, we have help in ecumenical events as well. And life isn't as frantic as we'd like. Right? We'd like to be doing more. Oh, really? You would like to do more? We'd like to do more. And I've often thought it's been uh, very, very difficult and challenging at times to bring together uh, musicians in worship teams. <clears throat> there seems to be a sort of a shortage of worship musicians for various Catholic events. And I've often thought about maybe we should set up a database of um, worship musicians. You should. You absolutely should. I mean, so, there, there must be many, many people out there thinking yeah. how they could link up. Sounds hard. Yeah. It sounds hard, hard work, actually. <laughs> but you're used to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard, we're already up to your third choice of music. Would you mind introducing it again? Because you do it, you do it better than me. I'm hoping this one is the righteousness of God. It is indeed. Yes. And this is by Ron Ron Johnson, MAS. So. Rona's been a stalwart at New Dawn for many, many years, um, and I've been had the privilege of playing in his worship group. Oh, you at did? New Dawn for many years, and uh, this is my favourite song of his. He's written so many amazing worship songs. He's a consummate worship leader and songwriter and performer. Um, and this one, uh, he take, told us the story of how he wrote this song. It's based on, um, I think it's Corinthians. I might be wrong on that. Uh, so basically him and his wife, Joanna, were, were searching for song ideas. They prayed about it to start with. And they, they decided to print out the whole of this um, chapter of Corinthians. And they cut it up into little phrases. Huh. And they were on the kitchen floor together with these different snippets from Corinthians, putting them together through prayer into a song. So That's he said, Every, everything in this song is absolutely biblical. <laughs> it's been reassembled by the Holy Spirit. And it's such an amazing, infectious song. Uh, and it, it contains some quite striking phrases. And he reassured us it's all biblical. Um, this is a righteousness of God. Lovely. Thank you very much. Every grace 
We are his children, a chosen race. We are the fullness of the one who fills all in every way. I am righteous now. Brilliant song. Thank you for that. Our music choices this morning have been chosen by Richard Hughes, worship leader and musical composer from Reading. And that was... So brilliant, Ronan Johnson singing The Righteousness of God. And what a great way to come up with a pack of lyrics. Just take, you know, take Corinthians, cut them up, drop them on the floor and rebag it. It's so clever. It's so moving. Have you ever done anything like that? I haven't. Um, I was at a mission worship a while ago and Aaron Keyes, uh, another wonderful uh, songwriter, was explaining how he came up with songs based on the Psalms. He called it Psalm Surfing. That's a, a wonderful he's a californian uh, surfer actually and he he told us all these wonderful anecdotes about being wiped out and then being rescued by complete strangers and sort of metaphors for his life but he had this wonderful way a wonderful um uh, trick of just um, going through the psalms and just pulling out the essence of that and then revisiting them in a, in a new style um, and I think that's, I, I really enjoy looking at some of the older songs, the more traditional songs, particularly from, from other traditions as well, Methodists and Baptists, mm. a very simplistic way of stating their faith, uh, which maybe we overcomplicate over parts of our mm. faith sometimes, I don't know, but um, they had a very simplistic way, but the songs maybe haven't travelled and um, stood the test of time so much. So I like sometimes to revisit those old songs from the 1800s or so, get replayed with modern music and change the style a little bit, but keep the essence of the song, even the melody, and then just uh, let the lyrics, the words just, just move people's hearts because they're so deep, they're so simplistic and accessible. But doesn't that give you a, a nice springboard from, from your Welsh origins that you go back to that almost plain, plain words and simple lyrics? You could yeah. pick up that template as well, couldn't you? That, that's right. Yes, a lot of these uh, Wesleyan hymns um, yes. and Presbyterian hymns. Uh, we're in a church in Florida recently, and, and there's a, a strong Presbyterian community out there, and they play all the same hymns that uh, my mum's church used to play. Slightly different versions, but they they still play most of those hymns because they feel they they relate to them, the modern audience in the same way as they did previously, and they just rejig them a little bit, revamp them, and then they they they're fit to go. But then. Isn't that indicative that maybe a, a whole village moved out to Florida in, you know, 200 years ago and settled yeah. there and took their music with them? Yeah, yeah. Amazing to keep the traditions alive and, and, and have music that they can relate to instantly. Incredible. Would you say that music has enhanced your faith and understanding of God? I think the more I explore aspects of worship music, the deeper my faith becomes. Uh, particularly looking at some of the uh, recently the, the Wesleyan hymns, uh, the, the amazing story of faith that John Wesley had um, was was transformative. You know, the light in his cell, um, that revelation of the Holy Spirit in his life. So the more you explore the reasons why people write songs, the more you hear testimony to God's faith in action. And it deepens your faith. So you're right, Di. <laughs> Well, I'm just so impressed that you can you can do all this. It's it's a gift. It's a gift from God. I just wonder how you get the time to do it all and the peace 
a peace of mind. You know, I, t- I recently talked to colleagues who had to just take, you know, three days off just to actually empty their brain in order to finish work, in order... It's, you know, as a writer, I get it. Um, and I'm not composing music as well. I've not got music running around my head. But I've got words running around my head all the time. And you do have to just separate your life off and and think, I am not going to do anything. I'm just going to write or, you know, create whatever. Uh, it's it's obvious, but it's the world gets in the way of things. <laughs> so your final piece of music is um, another wonderful piece. Um, the the title is Nothing But the Blood of Jesus by Carrie Underwood. Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. Quite a profound title. Yes, yeah, so this was written by uh, Robert Lowry in the 18, 1876, according to Google. Uh, it's all about, um, yeah, well, the title is so, so self-explanatory. So only the blood of Jesus can wash us clean, can atone for our sins. But it, it is a hopeful song. And I've chosen uh, a, a slightly country version of this song. There's many different versions of it. But I think the words just stand the test of time. They're a testament to our faith and a very simplistic statement of what we believe in. And Carrie Underwood is a great, great singer of this genre, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear her. Wonderful Carrie Underwood singing Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. Richard Hughes from Reading, thank you for your wonderful music choices and for sharing your amazing memories with us here at Radio Maria. And really, really good luck with all your many projects and I hope the Holy Spirit guides you in all your your directions. Share my worship songs and my story, so um, thank you for inviting me on the show. See you next year at New, New Dawn, I hope. Yes, yes, thank you. Bye. Radio Maria in